Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colm Wolf. So Colm completed his master's degree in sport and exercise at Auckland University of Technology in New Zealand. His thesis was on acute physiological effects of strongman training and he's also a professional strongman having won New Zealand's strongest man multiple times and competed at world's strongest man twice. So without further ado it's time to welcome Colm onto the show. So Colm, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Hi, my name is Colm Wolf. I'm a two-times World's Strongest Man competitor and multi-time New Zealand's Strongest Man winner. And I've also done my uh, Master's in Sport and Exercise at AUT with a couple of published research papers as well, also on strongman training. Absolutely fantastic, mate. So... That's a little bit about who you are and what you've done, but Strongman is obviously pretty niche, right? So um, we were talking off air about how you got into Strongman, which is kind of uh, a little bit coincidentally through university. Um, but can yep. you give us a little bit of insight into to what is necessary in Strongman? Because we've probably all seen World's Strongest Man and stuff like that. It's amazing strengths of, uh, feats of strength and power, but what are the physical yep. qualities which you need to be competing at the top level? So ultimately with strongman, um, maximal strength is definitely a like maximal maximal force output. Um, because the weights so the difference between powerlifting is that you do have to move with heavy weights. So opposed to being on the spot statically, a lot of the events involve lifting an object and then carrying it as fast as you can. Um, so even though you could say there's a little bit of a speed or power element, the weights tend to be so heavy that the best way to get better at carrying it quick, other than uh, perfecting your technique, is simply getting stronger. So that, that's at the very top level. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, um, maximal strength is the main thing. Other than that, you do require um, a little bit of flexibility, not much compared to other sports, but you need to be able to hit certain positions to be effective in lifting certain objects, for example, stones. Um, it's very hard to keep a nice neutral lumbar position at the bottom of picking up a stone. Um, so no, no one really can, but you still want to try to. Um, and there's definitely probably an overlooked aspect of it. So a competition, the average competition, I would say, is two days and three events each day. So having um, somewhat of an aerobic base is worthwhile and that it helps you recover in between events um, but the other thing is it allows you to have a higher training volume so in strength sports quite a lot you know it's very neglected having that aerobic base um, but in strongman i'd say it's a little bit more important than normal because you will directly get punished in competition if you can't recover well in between events um, and also in between the days um, but yeah th- those i would say are the main the main attributes needed Otherwise, just um, at the top level, you definitely have to have a certain love for it and a certain level of uh, being able to tolerate pain. <laughs> a lot of the the, the heavy events uh, can be quite painful, both in terms of uh, some of the odd implements will dig into the skin. Like, you know, safe. I'm not sure if you've ever seen a shield carry. You're picking up a big object in front of you. Um they're normally like 160 to 180 kgs, so they dig into the skin quite a bit. And then at the same time, there's the um, you know the usual exercise pain of muscles burning and whatnot. 
So talk, talk us through that shield carry, right? So uh, I'm imagining some kind of medieval shield, which someone has just slapped on 150 kilos <laughs> to make 160 kilos. Like, what, what does that look like and what do you have to do? Um, so they're kind of shaped like the average ones. So back in the day, it was like that. So um, Strongman is relatively new, but back in the day, it was basically any kind of big, heavy object. It might be a literal shield you pick up and carry it in front of you. Nowadays, they have molds, so you can make them out of concrete. It's kind of like a coffin shape, like a, uh, imagine a, like a vampire's coffin and you squished it. That's kind of that shield carry shape they have nowadays, um, made out of concrete, and yeah, it'll be 160 to 180 kgs. And so what it involves actually lifting, it's kind of a hybrid where you'd, um, you kind of do, it's almost like a front squat to get it up into position. So you'll squat down, hook your hands around it, and do, um, kind of, it's kind of a hybrid between like a zercher squat and a front squat um, as you stand up with it. And then you want to slightly squeeze the glutes, drive your hips forward, and then basically walk. Um, and yeah, with, with any of the carries, a good general rule is to have short steps but fast feet. Um, because if you do try to, that's where, again, it's not exactly like actually doing a maximal sprint or anything like that, because if you do take longer strides, um, you're then having to stabilize a heavy weight on one leg longer, and often you'll just lose balance. You see it all the time, especially if somebody's, um, you know, losing on time or something like that, and they're really trying to go fast to make up, um, they often lose balance for that reason, trying to take too big a strides. Um, and yeah, taxing wise, like a shield carry is going to, it really stresses the posterior chain a lot, um, the actual moving of it. So the actual walk and then upper back wise, um, your upper back's having to contract really hard just to keep it in that position close to your body. And then there's also a little bit of bicep, um, ideally a little bit of bicep. So unfortunately bicep tears are somewhat common in strong men, um, and you can imagine with that kind of weight, if you try to, instead of using your upper back uh, to pull it in and have it slightly resting on your body, if you just use your arms to curl, they're probably going to be the first thing to go. Um, but so, yeah, that, so you, you, can't, you can't do a 160 kilo bicep curl? <laughs> I certainly can't. Um, <laughs> maybe the top guys can, but yeah, that's... Uh, the, the other aspect, because you're having to do it for, say, 50 meters, you have to do that curl for, I don't know, 30 seconds, something like that. So Yeah, that's, that's um, not on my list of things to do this afternoon, I won't lie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> so in terms of uh, the body that's required for this, right, um, obviously throughout all different types of sports, there's loads of different body types which are specifically suited to that sport. What kind of body yep. does a strong man need um, and how is that different from other sports? So at the top level, so because Strongman does have weight classes now, which is great. Um, but at the top level, which is what everyone looks at, that's what's on um, TV, you know, the world's strongest man. Basically, a big, long frame is ideal because then you can pack it on with a huge amount of body weight. Um, so guys who tend to do well also tend to have some kind of athletic background. Like a lot of former bas basketball is actually quite a good base because – they're tall and lanky, but if you can fill that frame out, um, having a huge body weight is such a big advantage on events such as truck pull. So because you're leaning forward um, with a truck behind you, you're attached to it in a harness, the, the heavier you are body weight-wise, the more 
or the less force you'd actually have to produce just before you even start the lift. Um, so body weight can be a big advantage that way. Likewise, how we were talking about the shield carry, if you're 180 kgs, maybe 200 kgs, some of these guys even are, and you're, you've got that slight lean back with 160 kg shield carry, um, you're basically counterbalancing that weight a lot easier than one of these. There are some smaller guys, which is kind of funny, small and strong man is considered like 140 kgs body weight. <laughs> but if you imagine if that shield is heavier than your own body weight, it makes it a lot harder. Um, so that, yeah, the ideal body, pie, uh, body type is essentially a giant. Um, I, I would say the ideal, I'm not sure. Have you, do you watch Game of Thrones at all? I'm, I'm not into that um, personally, mate. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something I need to get into, but you can, you can describe it for the people who are. Well, there's a guy off Game of Thrones called The Mountain, um, Hathor Bjornsson. So he's one world's strongest man before. He's six foot nine. At his peak in strongman, he was, uh, I think it was 210 kgs. Um, so because he's got such a big frame, he's able to put on so much muscle and carry that weight without being fat, which is a huge advantage. So, um, like, for example, super heavyweight weightlifting or super heavyweight powerlifting, the gut can sometimes be an advantage. But if you imagine back to that shield carry, if you suddenly have a massive gut, that puts that shield even further away from your uh, center of mass, makes it really, really hard to uh, hold in front of you, um, which I can speak of from experience. Like at my heaviest when I was 180, having that extra mass um, in front of you makes it really, really hard. So if you look at a guy like Thor, because he's so tall, um, that, you know, 180 kg is spread out over a six foot nine frame is not going to be as dense as, to exaggerate, someone five foot five, 180 kgs. Um, so yeah, that that ultimately is what you want. So a, a huge frame with a bit of an athletic athletic background is what I would say is ideal. Oh, one more thing: giant hands. <laughs> giant hands <laughs> help a lot um, in terms of grip strength, um, and also uh, with a lot of the objects we hold. For example, an axle bar. You know, like a fat bar. Yep. Um, if you've got gigantic hands, it's uh, like some of these guys can even hook grip an axle. But yeah, having huge hands just allows you to get around that axle a little bit easier and grip it easier. Um, most of the guys with good grip tend to have huge hands. But yeah, that, that's what I would say is the uh, the main. If you wanted to be the strongest man in the world and you got to choose your parents, go for parents that are basically going to make you a giant. <laughs> and then when you compare that to like general gym goes, how, how is that then different? Because looking looking at a general gym goer, there's some there's some big guys in there, right? But is is it just yeah. the height thing, the weight thing? How, how does that uh, differ? So like a big guy from the gym would definitely have a good base for strongman. Um, but it's the training itself that would make a strongman different. So um, because a lot of the exercises come from, like to use the word, word some kind of functional background, for example, the shield care, like you could think of it as old farm work, basically. You're picking up a heavy object on your back and then walking with it, or farmer's walk, it's literally in the name. You're picking up, imagine like heavy groceries, extremely heavy groceries in each hand, and then you're carrying it. Um, so there's a level of, um, yeah, there's a level of kind of athleticism that's required 
that you wouldn't just get from doing um, squat bench and deadlift like the average gym goer would. Um, you know, a lot of those stabilizer muscles get worked when you're having to carry something heavy. Um, things like tire flip require like a, a little bit more horizontal force production opposed to just up and down like in the squat bench and deadlift. Um, the other thing strongman does require, so there's no, again, if we look back to weightlifting or powerlifting, they've got snatch, clean and jerk, and then there's squat bench and deadlift. Strongman could honestly be anything, um, anything they want, basically. At both the professional level and the amateur level, it's really up to the promoters. Um, so you have to be ready for anything. Um, throwing can also be quite a common event. So you do have to be able to be somewhat powerful to be able to do it efficiently, um, which, again, you just wouldn't get from doing, you know, the average kind of gym bro training, if you were to say it like that. Um, and then, yeah, there's inherently with the exercises, there's a little bit of level. Uh, there's a small amount of cardiovascular uh, work involved with it as well. For example, if you're carrying... Sometimes we, the longest that I've had a farmer's walk carry is 100 metres. Um, but so carrying a farmer's walk 100 metres is going to get that heart rate up quite a bit. Um, more so anyway than, I know you could do say 20 rep squats, 20, 30 rep squats for sure. But you don't really see the average person in the gym doing that. Um, and yeah, that, that's what I would say is the main, uh, the main differences between the average gym person. The bigger, or you know, a big strong guy in the gym compared to say a, an actual person who does strong men. So when you're when you're looking to train that right, like there's obviously the ridiculous feats that you mentioned pulling a truck earlier, and I, I tried not to laugh at it because it is quite a ridiculous yeah. thing to say. Um, like yeah. there's quite a, a tribal way of going about your training. So how do you achieve yeah. these feats of strength? How how do you train to to get that strong if the stuff in the gym doesn't necessarily translate? So ideally, this is kind of the challenge of strongman is that you need, like you want, obviously want to be as specific as possible to the sport. So you'll see some of the professional strongmen who do it as their occupation have access to giant trucks, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, a lot like Brian Shaw famously has a relationship with the local fire department which is great because then they can actually change the, the weight of the truck quite easily with the amount of water that they put in the truck. So, I mean, I would love have, to have access to something like that. <laughs> it would be good. Um, but otherwise, so I would say, let's say the typical strongman, you might find out your events six weeks out from the competition if you're lucky. Let's say we were looking at a, a typical 12-week training cycle the first six weeks, they're just going to have to be basic gym strength training. If you have access to the event, you'd want to still be training them, but you kind of train quite a few different ones and you train them just light um, to keep the technique going because the strongman events, unfortunately, do have um, a high level of fatigue. There's also a paper comparing them with regular gym exercise and it can have up to two, I think it, it was about a two times the rate of injuries from strongman exercises. Um, but these were strongman competitors, so, you know, pushing the limits. Um, certain things like, so a sled push or a truck pull was actually not too bad. But for the weights that are required, um, you know, because there's no eccentric and whatnot, so there's a little bit less muscle damage. But the weights for strongman com competition are so heavy. In my experience, they are still very taxing. 
um, even though there's no eccentric, you, you just need to lift so heavy in it. Um, so yeah, generally to go back to that six week block, uh, sorry, 12 week block, the first six weeks, you just try to maintain as much skill as you can by doing light events, normally ones that you think will be in the competition. And then you're building up your strength with just basic squat, bench, deadlift and overhead press, push press if you're good at it. Um, and maybe a little bit of throwing if it's likely you're going to have a throwing event. Hopefully at six weeks out, you'll know the events. And that's when guys tend to then go and uh, they'll find a strongman gym near them and go train the actual events one day a week. Um, back in the day, you would normally just like, this is not what to do, but back in the day, it was always you just turn up to the gym, uh, the strongman gym, and just basically replicate your competition. Um, nowadays, it's a bit smarter. You'll, you know, work off percentages or RPs, whatnot, not drive yourself into the ground. Um, but otherwise, if you don't have access to the events, the um, what my old, the guy who got me into Strongman, uh, one of my first lecturers, Justin Keogh, he just got us to go out into the yard and find some heavy rocks, um, <laughs> which honestly, it's uh, it's actually one of my favorite parts about it. Um, just finding some, uh, basically a random set of rocks is its own challenge in itself. You have to find out where to hold it. Um, there's a little bit of a balance component and a, definitely a bit of skill and having the ability to do that on a um, on like a rough natural stone like that. If you then go to a competition that has the uh, more regulated, the Atlas stones, the round ones, I'm sure you've seen those ones like yep. the smooth concrete balls. Um, you don't, you, it's a lot easier basically to go from natural stones to those. So if you don't have access to anything, you can do car pushes you can go find some stones um, and you can quite easily set up like a, a tire sled um, and then just go from there. Basically do some reverse sled drags. You can push the car and then pull the sled. Um, there's a lot you can do like that that will transfer somewhat to um, most strongman events. Um, again, the ideal is to have access to the actual implement that you would use in competition, but the other thing that happens is uh, even at the very highest level, you can turn up to the competition having been told it's going to be one event, <laughs> only to turn up and it's something completely different. So, yeah, you kind of train very general. Um, keep the technique. I would say you try to keep your skill relatively high while just trying to train your um, general strength overall, and then you kind of bring it all together at the end. Um Whereas if you try to do it all too hard at the same time, you'll just burn out. So how many days a week are you training for that, right? So you, you mentioned uh, getting to the gym there, but are you, are you doing that five days a week? Are you doing it three days a week? How do, how do you get enough of that type of training in to be good at it without absolutely destroying yourself? So there's a couple different ways. Um, I would say the most, like the most common is probably four days training a week. Um, or four days like resistance training and then maybe a couple of aerobic type sessions which is normally just walking for the bigger guys <laughs> yeah. um, normally like three days so the typical one would be three days a week just regular gym training and then on the weekend um, the person would commute to the local strongman gym where they could do their actual events and an actual what I think is quite a benefit of the strongman exercises Although they can look quite intimidating, 
there's not actually too much um, technique required when compared with other lifts. So I'm not saying there's no technique required, but compared to a snatch or a clean and jerk like in weightlifting, lifting a stone is actually very simple. Um, so as long as you've got someone to teach you how to do it, you can pick it up relatively quickly. And you can definitely. I get, get, I get the pun there. I enjoyed that. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. You can pick it up easily. Yeah. I, that's that's right up my street. Sorry, carry on, yeah. carry on, carry on. No worries. Um, but then, yeah, you don't like. It's not um, again like a snatch or clean and jerk. You don't need to train it every day um, to be, you know, an efficient stone lifter. You can definitely get away with training it once a week. Um, and at the highest level, it's kind of you might even go every one once every two weeks, just because at the highest level it's such a heavy load um, that it can put quite a bit of a strain on the biceps. To be honest, any kind of strongman event can put such a strain wherever it particularly hits on the body that a lot of the time um, it's preferable to do more of the gym training and then just do enough of the events just to get by technique wise. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's at the very highest level. Um, if you were to use strongman events, uh, you could definitely sprinkle them in here and there throughout the week. Um, but if you wanted to be the strongest person in the world, then, uh, yeah, you just can't lift those kind of weights in the events, um, day in, day out. So understandable as well, right? You're talking about lifting a, a shield, which is uh, 160, 180 kilos. It doesn't sound like yep. you should be doing that every single day. It doesn't sound particularly yeah, exactly. ideal, even even for the biggest guys in the world. Yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of strain that goes through the entire body with that. Like you think about the amount of force that's going through with every step. You know, the ankles, um, knees, hips, and back. It's quite a lot. So if you if you're trying to do some crazy five-day-a-week program where you're doing carries multiple times a week at those kind of loads, yeah, it just won't work. Um, but definitely at, like, more reasonable loads, um, you can definitely get away with training carries multiple times a week. Um, but, yeah, in Strongman, people tend to run into that issue where because everyone starts as an amateur, right? So you can kind of get away with training things a little bit more often. And then you'll find they get to a level where they keep improving. I suppose this is with all sports, but they get to a level where they keep improving and then they reach that plateau and then their body starts to break down because you just can't keep, um, yeah, you can't just do the events over and over and over. You'll eventually have to change a little bit. That's uh, completely understandable as well. It's, it's really pushing the limits of what people can do. Um, and when yeah. it comes to what other athletes can learn from strongman training, what do you think are the, the key lessons which... Um, people can take away for other sports which might be interested in this. So think uh, think about, for example, rugby athletes who might want that that large frame, that strength. Um, yep. are, there, are there particular things that you think other athletes can take from this? Yep, definitely. So I, like, I've trained quite a few rugby guys um, over the years, and there's a couple, I think, farmers walk and loading, like, so front loading like a stone – um a great i actually don't use a stone though i'll get them to use a sandbag so i think those those two exercises i think are fantastic for a lot of sports um as well as like sled push or prowler push if you if you're going to count that as strongman um but yeah i'll count that here so we'll say <laughs> any kind of vehicle push um 
but it just takes care of a lot of aspects at once. So with a farmer's carry, there's a lot of upper trap, upper back work and um, just holding the weight there. You're getting that, um, you know, you're trying to move quick. So there's quite a bit of hip extension going on under load, the core's having to work hard, and then there's the breathing component as well. And farmer's walk is not too taxing. So quite a lot of the modern day farmer's handles the pickup height is quite high. So it's not like, so back in the day, you'd see these, um, you know, imagine you're picking up a, uh, I don't know if you've ever tried like, let's say a normal dumbbell, but it's a hundred kgs and you're trying to deadlift one in each hand. They're so <laughs> low to the ground that you just, you have to bend over quite a bit, have a bit of lumbar flexion. You can't get in, in a great spot, but the modern day farmer's handles, the pickup height is actually quite high. So, um, I can get rugby players to do it, and it's basically like a trap bar deadlift to pick it up. It's quite a nice, safe movement, and then they're away carrying it, and the carry comes very naturally. Um, and then with a sandbag, so um, it's a really easy way to train a triple extension. So you to load it to a height or even to, um, to the shoulders, something like that, to do it properly, there's a you have to extend through the hips, knees, and ankles, but it's a very easy way to teach it. Um, I find it a lot easier even than like teaching a power clean, something like that. And I wouldn't use this like all the time, but again, um, strongman is very fun. So if you're wanting to do something that's a little bit different, still train these qualities and it is still resistance training, it's a great option. Plus the sandbag. So the reason I wouldn't use stones because of their round nature, it can put quite a lot of tension on that, um, on the bicep tendon, which is why the tears happen. Um, but with the sandbags, you can chalk up the hands, you can chalk up um, without having to worry about tacky, which is like a it's like a glue kind of substance that you have to use to lift stones. It's a total mess. Like if I was playing <laughs> a different sport, you, you don't want to deal with that stuff. But you can just pick up a sandbag. It's nice and easy. Um, but it also kind of trains a bit of open hand strength. So... You know, it's not crazy open hand grip strength like the, like a rock climber or anything like that, but it's more open hand grip strength. You're never going to get that from bench pressing. Deadlifting, your um, fingers are pulled quite close together, whereas the sandbag, your hands will be quite open, um, and then you're still training that hip extension really nicely. Um, so those, for me personally, those are the ones I've had the best success with, with training athletes. Farmers carry, um, any kind of front-loading, even that shield carry, so the those 160 kg plus weights are for pro strongman competition or like a, a high amateur level. But you can get like an empty shield that's say 100 kgs, 80 kgs, nice and easy um, in terms of teaching the technique. And then uh, any kind of sled work, but I mean that's kind of standard. Athletes do that anyway. Um, but again, for for a change. Uh, uh, an SNC coach might like to get the team out to push a vehicle, something like that. It's quite novel. It's honestly so fun. Um, the boys that I used to work with love doing it because uh, you just feel, you, you know, you feel like a badass pushing <laughs> yeah. this massive truck or whatever. Um, so that's a good option. And sometimes tire flip as well. So tire flip can be a good one in terms of it's another um, like triple extension type movement. Uh, the problem with it, if you're using it in a team, is it's not, it's, you can't change the load. 
Like, I've seen people try to do different things where they put weights in the tire and whatnot. It just doesn't work. I'll just do other exercises, but it can be good. Let's say you've got a space, you're just training at home. Um, you can just get an old uh, tractor tire for free from one of the tire shops. Just go down and they'll, it's rubbish to them. Um, at least it is here at NZ anyway. Um, and yeah, you can get them for free. And it's again, it's relative. It's not that technical. It's nothing like a snatcher, clean and jerk. You can, um, with a little bit of coaching, athletes can pick it up quite easy. Um, but yeah, th- those are the general ones I would say. And if, um, I mean, you could make an argument for just developing a certain level of grit or mental toughness to push through pain with those exercises as well. For example, the car push, um, if you get the boys or girls to push it 50 or 100 metres, it is tough. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, if you've got the whole team cheering you on, you could make an argument that it's helping you train that kind of mental side as well, I, I think, anyway. I can imagine, uh, yeah, when when you start to get that lactate buildup and it's not really moving anywhere, um, yeah. and you've got to really keep uh, keep pushing. I can imagine that that's uh, certainly a difficult place to be in your life, uh, even if the whole team is cheering yeah. you on. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Some absolutely excellent advice. Uh, loads of practical stuff that people can take away. So, uh, massive thanks for your time and effort today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much. And where can people find you if they want to find out more information about this? Uh, so probably the best place is on Instagram, which is uh, at the Wolfman Colm Wolf. Um, I also have a Facebook page by the same name. Uh, otherwise, there's a couple articles on uh, liftbigeatbig.com. Like there's a, if you're looking at strongman training, there's a couple of different articles you can check out there that I've done. Um, and yeah, just a few different resources for if you're wanting to get into strongman training in general. Absolutely fantastic. So, Cole, massive thanks. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to hopefully speaking again soon. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheers, buddy. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Cole for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want some more information on strength training, there's loads of great lectures in there to help you. All you need to do is hit the link in the show notes and get that for seven days completely for free. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it would be fantastic if you can give us a recommendation to a coach, an athlete, a friend or a colleague. That means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. So that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science Sport and I'll speak to you next week.